Welcome to Horror Stories Podcast. Hubba hubba, I'm back after a nightmare with equipment problems that drove me crazy. Here we are. I'm Robert Crandall, and I want to thank you for your patience. This will be the only episode this month I am just buried I'm so far behind on so many things right now due to the downtime. Equipment just went went south. It just, I don't want to do this no more. And it stopped. And uh, I've been pulling my hair out and just going through just uh, an awful, awful time. I'm sure you can relate. Probably had some equipment problems of your own with your computer. That's where it happened, you know. And uh, I'm also going through a name change, as you may have noticed, or rebranding. The show is now Horror Stories Podcast. The website, horrorstoriespodcast.com. However, the old URL, adventuresinaudio.net, still works, and both URLs lead to the same place. So, i got 131 episodes out there that say adventuresinaudio.net, and that's fine. The new one, it is officially, that website, adventuresnaudio.net, is officially titled Horror Stories Podcast. So remember, all the, episodes, uh, all the episodes are there just in case you can't find us where you normally do. We've been through that before, and so they're all there. Now I want to share with you an occurrence that happened recently, although going through all the equipment problems. And I'm sitting here one night at my studio pondering my situation with the equipment and the various things. What am I going to do? This, that. It all ran into a bunch of money, which, by the way, if you've ever considered donating, now would be a good time. (laughs) I could really use it. you can, uh, there is a donate button on the website, and I would really, really appreciate it. But um, I'm sitting here, and I get this funny feeling in my nose. You know that feeling you get when you're coming down with something? Well, then I started getting a headache and body aches and began to feel really tired. So I went to my medicine cabinet, and I got out a bottle of propolis, 2,000 milligram soft gels, and took one and laid down. This was about 10 p.m. I I woke up around 4 a.m., felt much better, still a little tired, so I went back to sleep and slept till about 11 a.m., woke up feeling like a million bucks. I felt great. That propolis is good stuff. It's made by bees and fights infections. It heals cuts and scrapes. Just, oh man, they just go away. And it looks like they were never there. It's amazing stuff. It really is. And uh, now for the disclaimer, be sure to check with your doctor before taking anything, okay? I'm not a doctor and I never played one on TV or in the movies. So I did, however, attend a Halloween party as a doctor. So that must give me some credibility, right? Yeah, well, maybe not. 
But uh, you can have a lot of fun as a doctor at a Halloween party. You place the stethoscope on someone's head and go, nope, nothing there. Or go, oh my God, that's disgusting. Get away from me. So use your imagination. Go to a Halloween party as a doctor. You'll have a lot of fun. I had a great time as a doctor at a Halloween party. Hope you enjoy your Halloween this year. Now it is time for our feature story. In this story, a strange old man hides a beast in his home, and the people of the village are nervous. I hope you enjoy The Hidden Beast by J.D. Beersford. His house is the last in the village. Towards the forest, the houses become more and more scattered, reaching out to the wild of the wood as if they yearn to separate themselves from the swarm that clusters about the church and the inn. And his house has taken so long a stride from the others that it is held to the village by no more than the slender thread of a long footpath. Yet the house is set with its face towards us and has an air of resolutely holding on to the safety of our common life, as if dismayed at its boldness in swimming so far it had turned and desperately grasped for the lifeline of that footpath. He lived alone, a strange man, surly and reticent. Some said that he had a sinister look, in those rare occasions when he joined us at the inn, after sunset, he sat aside and spoke little. I was surprised as we came out of the inn one night. He took my arm and asked me if I would go home with him. The moon was at the full, and the black shadows of the disappearing crowd that lunged down the street seemed to gesticulate an alarm of weird dismay. The village was momentarily mad with the clutter of footsteps and the noise of laughter. And somewhere down towards the forest, a dog was baying. I wondered if I had not misunderstood him. As he watched my hesitation, his face pleaded with me. There are times when a man is glad of company, he said. We spoke little as we passed through the village towards the silences of his lonely house. But when we came to the footpath, he stopped and looked back. I live between two worlds, he said. The wild and... He paused before he rejected the obvious antithesis and concluded, But restrained. Are we so restrained? I asked, staring at the huddle of black and silver houses clinging to their refuge on the hill. He murmured something about a compact and my thoughts turned to the symbol of the chalk-white church tower that dominated the honeycomb of the village. The compact of public opinion, he said boldly. My imagination lagged. I was thinking less of him than of the transfiguration of the familiar scene before me. I did not remember ever to have studied it thus under the reflections of a full moon an echo of his word differently accented, drifted through my mind. I saw our life as being, in truth, compact, little, and limited, 
He took up his theme again when we had entered the house and were facing each other across the table in a room that looked out over the forest. The shutters were unfastened, the window open, and I could see how on the further shore of the wastelands the light feebly ebbed and died against the black cliff of the wood. We have to choose between freedom and safety, he said. The individual is too wild and dangerous for common life. He must make his agreement with the community, submit to become a member of the people's body. But I, he paused and laughed, I have taken the liberty of looking out of the back window. While he spoke, I had been aware of a sound that seemed to come from below the floor of the room in which we were sitting. And when he laughed, I fancied that I heard the response of a snuffling cry. He looked at me mockingly across the table. It's an echo from the jungle, he said. Some trick of reflected sound. I can always hear it in this room at night. I shivered and stood up. I prefer the safety of our common life, I told him. It may be that I have a limited mind and am afraid, but I find my happiness in the joys of security and shelter. The wild terrifies me. A limited mind, he commented. Probably it's rather that you lack a fire in the blood. I was glad to leave him and he on his part made no effort to detain me. It was not long after this visit of mine that the people first began to whisper about him in the village. At the beginning they brought no charge against him, talking only of his strangeness and of his separation from our common interest. But presently I heard a story of some fierce, wild animal that he caged and tortured in the prison of his house. One said that he had heard the screaming in the night, and another that he had heard it beating against the door, and some argued that it was a threat to our safety, since the beast might escape and make its way into the village, and some that such brutality, even though it were to a wild animal, could not be tolerated. But I wondered inwardly whether the affair were any business of ours so long as he kept the beast to himself. I was a member of the council that year, and so took part in the voting when presently the case was laid before us. But no vote of mine would have helped him if I had dared to overcome my reluctance and speak in his favor, for whatever reservations may have been secretly withheld by the members of the council, they were unanimous in condemning him. We went, six of us, in full daylight, to search his house. He received us with a laugh and told us that we might seek at our leisure. But though we sought high and low, peering and tapping, we found no evidence that any wild thing had ever been concealed there. And within a month of the day of our search, he left the village. I saw him once before he went and he told me that he had chosen for the wild and freedom, 
that he could no longer endure to be held to the village even by the thread of the footpath. But he did not thank me for having allowed the search of his house to be conducted by daylight, although he knew that I at least was sure no echo of the forest could be heard in that little room of his, save in the transfigured hours between the dusk and the dawn. You've been listening to The Hidden Beast by J.D. Beardsford, who once said, Surely we should all perish through sheer inanity or die desperately by suicide if no mystery remained in the world. I've enjoyed being with you, but now I must go. I hope to be with you again soon. Please be nice to somebody and be well. And thank you for listening to me.